fucking raw the kitchen nightmares podcast hello everyone and once again as we go through our journey of bad food bad restaurants and somehow even worse television however once again it's me your old pal the iron sheesh kebab himself kevin mann joined as i am by my best buds and saucy side dishes Firstly, trouble and squeak, Joe Graham. Hello. You excited to be back here talking about some uh, bad food? Oh, yes. I, I needed this. I yeah. think the world needs this. Why have you been eating too much good food recently? You need to be taking down a few pegs. Yeah, like I've not been to any restaurants recently and it's very easy to like just assume that they're all great. So it needs, I need a reminder that actually some restaurants are just shit. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not missing out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and over here to my right, 30 men. One thing, the Royal Crumble, Adam Bibolo. How you doing? Excited to be back here chatting about some uh, Gordon Ramsay. I am extremely excited. A big part of my self-care lately has been watching Gordon Ramsay shows and I've built up all this like stuff I just need to get out. <laughs> so have you got like Gordon Ramsay blue balls right now? Oh man, I was going to say I have Ramsay fever, but oh. yeah, but big blue Gordon Ramsay <laughs> balls is definitely my situation. And he wouldn't want to be serving those at any of these restaurants, folks. So, so far we've had quite a fun run through the world of Kitchen Nightmares going randomly between seasons and episodes I will say today I think it falls upon me to choose the episodes That's right. uh, but before we get into that I thought we'd delve into our our good friends online the internet and look at some kitchen nightmare stories that we've heard ourselves yay we of course always appreciate your tales of food woe be they in a restaurant be they in anywhere where you're getting food be it food that's been prepared for you by a loved one or horribly by a version of yourself from the past you know we're always happy to hear them on our personal twitters and stuff we'll put out call outs always but don't forget you can send them to it's rawpod at gmail.com if you require a long form version of your story well i've got a couple ones in here which i thought would be a a very very interesting note to you guys firstly coming to us from sob is amazing he reveals to us that once he shot himself in greg's oh so uh, that's any, any more to that tale no nah. all right <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, fair. that's probably all we needed to know. But in the broadest terms possibly, guys, he laid that out. But this one is very interesting. As some of you, uh, maybe a couple of you, may know that we are involved in the world of wrestling podcasts. Mm -hmm. Joe, where can the people find you? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Your wrestling podcast. They can find my wrestling podcast on Twitter at HowToWrestling. And uh, Adam, where can the folks find you? They can find me and my friend Billy and no one else doing the Attitude Era <laughs> podcast, available now on SoundCloud. What's it like, guys? Doing, <laughs> doing it's really good. And I don't know if you're aware of this, Kevin, but we are pretty well known in the wrestling yeah. like universe, it's, it's nice that we've given Kevin this opportunity it to is. host a podcast. Like yeah. What is, is I just thought I'd bother you guys until I had my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, Thus completing the circle and closing the loop. <laughs> well, this comes to us from Tom Blark, who I could best describe as a gesture of sorts for Wrestling Twitter from WrestlingOnEarth.com. He has come to us with a kitchen nightmare story of his own, and I cannot believe that this restaurant existed, exists, and hasn't been on a Ramsey episode. None other than Memphis wrestling legend and Hall of Famer, Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, Jesus mm. Christ. Oh, yeah. Whoa. 
Jerry the King Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill with an E at the end of it. Oh, classy. Classy stuff. So Tom let us know that he had dined there and then I needed to know every single little detail there because Tom prides himself, he said here, he likes to eat like, you know, trashy food, like you go out and get a greasy piece or something like that. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about our, our, our fondness of guilty pleasures and things like that, but specifically a greasy piece. I'm talking like we're going to turn the cardboard see-through oh, here. Mm. I love grease so much. <laughs> like a greasy pizza is one of my favorite yes. things if it like makes the box see-through. Yeah. But my absolute favorite favorite like greasy snack is a battered sausage oh and i have that in a bit of paper and yeah. it just it will go yeah. see-through and it's like a stained glass window mm -hmm. it's, oh, oh very know. very nice adam give me some straight up kfc yeah like, oh. I want some greasy chicken you, you, know? want, you want that bucket to go soft with yeah. the heat and the moistness yeah. i want to be there by myself so no one can see the mess i make <laughs> just, just me and the chicken having a great time it's like. fantastic concept right always i definitely love a batter burger but in mm. Galway, where I went to university and my family's from, a big love in my heart for Galway specifically because a few of the places where they would just say, batter burger. And if you or Joe or anyone walked in off the street and said, can I have one batter burger, please? They put it in like a tissue maybe or a little small like kind of napkin or, <laughs> or, or you, know, you, know, you know the really small white paper bag. Oh, yeah. yeah. You get half a burger in it. like. But if you go into Vinny's now and you maybe give a bit of a knock on the counter and oh. a bit of a wink... They'll, Speak easy. They'll put it in a bun with a, with a bit of mayonnaise and an easy oh. single for you and a bit of chopped lettuce. And that, my friends, is living right there. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't, you know, we're living in a time at the moment where going out for food doesn't necessarily happen. There's a greasy piece that uh, is born from mistakes that I truly love. Uh, guys, I've made you toe in the hole many times. <laughs> How would you describe toe in the hole for Americans or, or, or so alarmingly Irish people like, like myself who wouldn't know what it is? It's a giant Yorkshire pudding with sausages in it. And you don't need to add any more. You don't need to complicate I mean, it further. Gravy. Like, like gravy goes Obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Gravy. Have, have salt and pepper as well. Yeah. You know? Guys at home, yeah. if you've not had gravy, it's fucking ace. <laughs> it's amazing. It'd be actually a strong recommendation for gravy from the podcast. Do you consider that a greasy piece though? No. no, no, no. Normally it's not. But Joe, you've probably been privy to this a few times. I went through all the different fats. Sometimes I'd use sunflower oil. Sometimes I'd use beef tarp. Sometimes I'd use this leftover fat cuttings that I have from a roast. Mm. And I put it in there because you need to have hot fat for your for your nice Yorkshire pudding to rise. And one time I put it in there and I just flew too close to the sun and I put in too much so that when my batter went in, the layer of fat literally was a glass ceiling. Oh. That, that, and I was trying to be a feminist here and it couldn't, it couldn't break through. So what happened instead was I deep fried some batter and instead of it being a big risen thing, it was a very short, almost like shoe-like consistency. It was so thick and dense. But it was very, very greasy. Mm. And you said it was just as nice. I loved it, but I, I love shit like that. I know you were very hard on yourself. I'm like, mm, it's bad. But I, I've come around to, this, to describe it. It is a greasy piece. Okay. And it, I was born out of love and I still love it. So it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> and now Tom goes on to tell us here what he had here from Jerry Lawler. We'll post some of these pictures here on the old uh, Pod Crab social channels here. But for starters, he had the highly recommended favorite dish of Jerry's dead brother, Larry. Which is cut up hot dogs with cubes of cheese. Mm. Uh, shown here for our folks here. It is literally. That's not a dinner. Literally, Christ. like if you went to a school function and you were yep. late, and, but you knew the staff, and they're like, oh, we'll get you a plate. <laughs> <laughs> Can you cube up some bits of, of cheese for them or whatever? 
Following on that for his main course, the king's world-famous slammin' burger, which is four burger patties, all fried to hockey puck status. Oh. With what appears to be some sort of, like, plastic garnish. And Tom goes on to describe, I pride myself being able to eat the absolute trash in the world, but King beat me that day. At least the beers were comically massive, shown for effect Fuck here. Nice. <laughs> and we're talking about literally like that looks like something you would tip over a coach at the yeah. end of a big game. Yeah. Like. The beers were comically massive and the place was empty except for them. So they got to enjoy their <laughs> Hall of Fame section, which is full of wrestling and memorabilia, a completely unimpeded. Which leads Tom to send a lovely picture of him with his all-time hero, Alex Riley, who for some reason is on the fucking wall. Wow. Are these wrestlers who've eaten here? Or uh, so Alex Riley, you think he'd pop in on an off day? Create by 10, <laughs> may as well put it on the wall. Yeah, that's an order. So I Now we've heard someone shitting themselves in Greg's and someone else visiting Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame restaurant bar and grill mm. I want to hear a story about someone shitting themselves in Jerry Lawler's yes. Hall of Fame <laughs> and restaurant bar and accident. grill and not by accident like it was a malicious On shitting purpose. themselves and this yeah. is, brings us to today's episode's call to action where if you are <laughs> near Jerry Lawler's bar and grill so it does fall to me the responsibility for episode three to pick an episode and I feel like We've had some proper drama some so far. We've had some proper chaos. And I kind of wanted to go to something where, like, the issue was the chef themselves. Mm. Like, their food was bad and their grip on the, the restaurant was bad. So I have got a huge list now of, like, food-centric ones I want to do. And it's very difficult to pick. But I decided to go with season one, episode ten. I believe this is Billy Keeble's favourite episode of Kitchen Nightmares. This, my friends, is The Secret Garden, which is not to be confused with that place where Protestant children were allowed to play and I was forbidden when I was a child. What, what's it like, guys, The Secret Garden? The Secret Garden to me is genuinely like one of those, like the five children in it, and this is the water babies. Oh, there it is on the shelf over there. there. I was really tempted to like make you watch that at some point soon. I really understand that. Yeah. I I will apologise in advance, but I was going to use all those as examples of like stuffy old British literature that I have no idea about. So ask someone else, Kevin. Joe, you're going to, to, if you won't defend the water babies, who will? I'll defend the water babies and the Secret Garden. (laughs) By virtue of extension. Yeah. <laughs> and the princess whatever it's called my little princess or whatever i made you watch oh yeah the secret garden it's a little nice garden where children can go and play but there, that's not that's monst- it are there that's like it. monsters no. and the fantastic no i mean do you really want me to go into it it's not that interesting <laughs> let's let's stick with the kitchen <laughs> nice literally... podcast about the secret garden it's just me telling you what happens Brit- british parents with their children look do you really want me to get into this like bedtime story you sure like you know it's pretty boring like you just got to sleep now. You'll probably dream something ace. <laughs> so, Secret Garden, here we are. It's it's an episode of, of some infamy, but we're dealing with uh, season one of Kitchen Nightmares US, which is worth bearing in mind. We're back in our first season. This is Gordon still making the transition, and I think he's probably got a lid on it quite a lot in this episode, even though this is one of his most famous outburst episodes, I think, mm-hmm. early oh, on. Yeah, I think this is US fans getting their taste of the Gordon they truly want to see more mm. of. The angry, sweary man. Like. The, the character, almost. Mm. Because we've seen some extended Gordon viewing recently, and you were saying, Adam, a bit about like Gordon having this kind of character side to him that he yes. amps up. Yeah. It's like, on shows like this, where he's meant to have a bit of a nice side, and he's meant to come off a little bit generous and helpful, this is Gordon Ramsay, mm. but on stuff like Hell's Kitchen, 
It's Chef Ramsay. Ah. Yes! That's the version of Gordon that like doesn't take any shit. He punches plates, he kicks bins. He's really hamming it up to the nines. So it's the difference between Vince McMahon and Mr. McMahon. Exactly the same. <laughs> and I noticed when we were watching this episode that Gordon Ramsay frequently says, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never noticed that. He says it like five times in this episode, which makes me really want to, someone to do a Gordon Ramsay impression where he's cutting a promo. The episode, and usually I don't like to go into the teasers because it's usually just going to spoil what's coming up later on, but I knew I picked right when in the sting at the start they mostly show Gordon rubbing various things. Mm, getting his fingers <laughs> right in the grooves of all the nooks and crannies. <laughs> here for the grooves. Now, does anyone here actually like seeing gross stuff like that? Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> Go on, Joe. Seen as how you're the enthusiast. I love it. I, I love it when I don't have to be there in person because mm. I'm very sensitive to like bad smells. So yeah, no, I love watching Gordon Ramsay like going through a disgusting kitchen where I don't have to smell it, but I can see all the slime. Right. And he's so invasive about it. Like it's kind of like a roller coaster for you, like a little bit yeah. safe, yeah. scary, it's a thrill, yeah, <laughs> a bit of sexy. Uh huh. Like. Whereas I know for me and Kevin, it's because I've watched enough Gordon Ramsay with you to know we have the same reaction of like, he'll be going, look at this. And me and Kevin simultaneously go, blip, and put our hands up and look away from the screen like little and boys. I think the thing is you and I had watched so much together when we lived together, Adam. That's bad because you know, iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. but gags trigger gags. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't mean funny japes. I mean, you know, that type of a business. We are in the prestigious wine country, the beautiful suburb in California known as Moo Park. Sorry, <laughs> Moore Park. The way the, we had the Scottish announcer today on this episode. Oh, yeah. We were watching KNU on YouTube, folks. If you don't like bleeps, you want Kitchen Nightmares Uncensored, you watch it on Channel 4OD or you check it out on YouTube, KNU, you have no bleeps. It's a small trade-off. You get the slightly worse narrator being the Scottish and not American guy but you do get to hear all the swears. So instead of being like generic bleeps or whatever, you get to hear Gordon say twat, which you never get to hear. (laughs) Does it make it a more enjoyable listening experience or... You know, because I find I remember finding there was times that you mentioned about the sound effects, but I found the times the beeps are so much, particularly on things like Hell's Kitchen as well, mm. where I just felt like I was getting a fucking migraine watching it. Yeah. Often when as well, there's lots of people yelling over one another, and then you can't hear what someone else is saying because someone else is swearing. That's true. I find that very yeah. annoying. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's Moore Park, not Moo Park, right? I think Moo Moo, Moo Park. And Moo Moo Park. That's a track in uh, Mario, Mario Kart. Kart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's not boding well for the restaurant when as soon as they do the nice kind of shot of it overhead, and much like some previous episodes, it's not a very bad looking restaurant. It's got some nice features on the outside, but they literally show it and go, GONG! (laughs) What a death knell. Yeah, the literal death knell to start things off. Here comes the undertaker. (laughs) So we got Chef Michel, who is a French chef slash restaurant owner. And the staff don't have a lot of nice things to say about him at the start. They immediately start off by saying, He's French. That's his biggest problem. Yep. He's French. Which I love that he definitely included that because Gordon Ramsay is always like, hates French people. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with a lot of like anti-French sentiment in my media. I think we're all mm. kind of similar. I think American anti-French sentiment is a bit different from what you would have had in the UK necessarily. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Because in the US it was more like, uh, your your pussies ain't going to go and you know, fight the war. It's so freedom fries. Surrender monkeys was a term that I yeah. heard a lot of. It was like in the UK, it's like, you want us to go to France and learn French and Fuck speak that. their language in their country? You want us to learn country? about the Hundred Years' War? Are you serious? <laughs> 
Whereas for me as a kid, like, I don't know if I've talked about it on podcasts, but like, I went on a very harrowing French exchange, which involved me falling overboard in a boat in the middle of the sea and mm-hmm. like, you know, being saved by a man with no hands who was German. And as a result of that, and the family being really horrible to me and having a really rubbish time, being very lonely, I did have some anti-French sentiment in my heart between the ages of 12 and 16 or thereabouts until I went again and really had a nice time in Paris eating cheese. So (laughs) I I found that I was more than uh, catered to as a young child. who was like, I didn't like France. And like, well, get a load of this. (laughs) He feels like he's got all the substance of like a French character Michael Scott would do in the Ooh, office. Yes. Yeah, yes. and he's even called Michel. <laughs> oh my god! So he's his French Michael Scott. Physically, looks a bit like him. He does a bit. bit. Yeah, he's quite yeah. handsome. He's got the nice like angular nose. Like, but we need to really address that. Like, they're asking the staff clearly here with these interviews. Like, what do you think the problem with the restaurant is? Yeah. And someone said he's French. That's yeah. his biggest problem. That's his biggest problem. And that's why they've called in Gordon Ramsay to give this guy a full makeover. <laughs> He's going to be English by the end of this episode. I like the idea. I was looking at the application process just before we recorded this. And I like the idea of them having to fill in. Because they do actually have to say where the owner is from or the chefs are from. So I like the fact that they just like, obviously it was like, where's he from? Oh, he's he's from France. That's your biggest problem. Is it? Yeah, the biggest problem is is that the restaurant's not doing well and and the owner's French. No wonder it's not doing well. I mean, that's a unique enough twist for this episode alone. Because I know Early Kitchen Nightmares skews heavily towards the Mm. Italian-American restaurant industry. Industry. Like mm. it's very like Gordon being shouted at by someone who wouldn't look out of place on an episode of The Sopranos or what something. <laughs> that seems to be what they were going for vibe wise. He has got a lot of things working against him, other than the fact that all of his staff hate where he's from. Mm. He is very, very short of temper, I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say. Not even like cut to make him look like he's a foul mood. He's probably one of the most combative guys that Gordon's ever had. And he's also got one of these classic Kitchen Nightmare things of he's a chef that has worked with real chefs. Like he's worked with people of note and of yes. repute. And therefore in his head, he is the same and no one can tell him otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> like a couple of money problems we hear about at the start. Did you hear how much he was in debt? $300,000. Uh, that was the lower end, up to three twenty. he said. Now, my initial reaction to that was like, oh, that's not bad. Like, I've, watched, <laughs> yeah. I've watched so, so much funny. Kitchen Nightmares lately where it's like, how are we going to pay this $1.7 million? <laughs> Better make a good burger, I guess. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. This is season one, Gordon Ramsay. So he shows up in a nice, non-affliction Brandon t-shirt. <laughs> like, he looks like he's here to help a restaurant as opposed to like kicked out a sandcastle and <laughs> shred with some monster energy drink. So Gordon arrives and we get our first clue to something not being right. This front door. It's locked. And this is our introduction to the Gordon Ramsay point-and-click adventure that we've all, <laughs> all said. It'd be quite like Grim Fandango. Very uh, obtuse, very difficult. You know, but Gordon would get very upset like Sam from Sam and Max who tried to make him do things he couldn't do. I can't use that here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pick that up! <laughs> so he walks inside through the back door. Did they ever explain why the front door was locked? No, they just it doesn't work. You have to go in through the car park instead. I feel there's a lot of places in England where it's like it's considered just normal for you to lock your front door and your back door is always open. And that's then if people weird. come around, they just come to the back. I don't Are you like talking that. like residentially? Like residentially, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I wonder if that's their way of being kind of like family friendly. I don't know. Mm. I'm just making excuses for them. I when, when, when I see doors that are that big and they immediately just remind you of a church and, yeah. and they're yeah. closed, it's like, okay, something's up. Like, yeah, something's wrong here. Gordon is not a fan of the decor. I think we had some various opinions here within the group. There's a really cute little chef statue that looks like Chef John from Food Wishes. From foodwishes.com. And Gordon Ramsay's like, who wants to sit and eat in front of that? 
Yeah, he says, who wants to sit and eat in front of, and I quote, a fat little bastard. I don't mind some daft decor, Mm. but I'd be lying if I said I wanted to sit in the midst of all of this daft decor. Yeah, I was going to say, in in fairness, I like that little chef model as like something to have in one of the rooms that no one's going to see. Like, oh, I want it but... in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at me every yeah. time I'm cooking that. But I'm with Gordon. I thought this dining room was really drab, really? cluttered, doilies everywhere. It was very, very musty looking. It was for old people. Yes. Yes, and old people expect the kind of... It's like it's like old lingerie. There has to be all the layers upon layers upon layers. You know, there's petticoats here, and that's why you've got you know doilies and all the you know the doilies are there. You get the coasters and all that just, but the doilies are like sticking to the wine glasses, which are all mm. dusty. And it's like you can't like if you go for that crowd and it's not like bare bones and simplistic. That means you've got to clean constantly because yeah. there's so much shit that will get yep. dust. There is an ominous sense in the air as Gordon sits down for his meal. The server, this was Jane, I believe. She's actually. English? Yes, yeah. that's right. Gordon didn't have the immediately like, oh, sweetheart, I understand. No. no none of the rapport there. Yeah, so that's immediately something's not right here if Gordon's not being a sweetie to the lady. <laughs> Staff were sympathetic to an extent but I would be lying if I said I didn't think these were the least sympathetic staff out of the oh, three really? episodes so far I thought Jane was quite unsympathetic but there were a couple of others like there was one of the chefs and one of the waitresses I thought were very sympathetic I really felt bad for them yeah well <laughs> I didn't feel as bad for them as I felt bad for that one lone bun that was in the oh, basket. and the massive bread basket it's yeah. like honestly huge it's like a big picnic basket it is, with, with one bun in it <laughs> What yes. the hell? You know when she puts it on the plate, it's going to make a noise of like a small stone being dropped from a pipe <laughs> onto a tiled floor. Oh my God almighty. <sighs> We've had some food across the three episodes so far. There's been some ups, there's been some downs, there's been a lot of reimaginings, but fuck me. Like this this was the dish when as soon as I remember reading about it, I was like, I'm doing this episode. <laughs> yeah. Because like there has been bad combos on Kitchen Nightmares before, including combos that involve some of the bad combos within this dish. Yeah. But for those of you at home, settle down, don't plan to eat anything for the next hour, and get a load of this. Strawberries, prawns, goat's cheese, hard-boiled eggs, baby spinach, and garlic, mm. all together in one place. The eggs are cold, the prawns are warm. The spinach is cold, the garlic and strawberries are warm. Mm. Now, Gordon is just flabbergasted by this. Yeah. I, have at it, guys, in terms of reframing this, giving it a, a title or whatever. I don't know what the fuck to do with he this. He says that the prawns are rock hard, which uh. is very upsetting. I think if he, he didn't really go into much detail about describing the dish. I think he was a bit traumatised. Yeah. yeah, honestly, he he held back, I yeah. thought. I was expecting a full meltdown, but he just seemed like, sad. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I, seriously. I think he would have described it, though, if he hadn't felt just depressed by it. I think he'd have said, it's like eating a bag of garlic fried pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, is, is like, if you've got someone in your family who's got some money and they go and they do a nice shop or whatever, but they don't know how to look after themselves. So you kind of go in, they've been unwell or whatever, you open up the fridge and it's like, Jesus Christ, there's like a tin of like, you know, really fancy goat's cheese in here and there's some quail's eggs and like, there seems to be like an old romaine lettuce from White Road. All right, but it's all really random. You can't make a meal out of any of it, like, you know, but, but he's tried here. 
I mean, I thought I could make three courses out of this. <gasps> it's dinner time! <laughs> you have to make three courses out of the ingredients in this dish. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> you can't just drop a reference to it's dinner time. <laughs> you can't just endorse Iceland like that, Joe, and this, not tell us. This is so important that you clarify for the listeners what it's dinner time is. When I was like seven or eight years old, I entered an Iceland competition where I won a card game. Hey, good job. How'd you, how'd you win, by the way? I had to answer a question like, which of these foods is a carbohydrate? <laughs> which of these foods is best? The answer is frozen, correct. <laughs> you win a game. And the card game, I, I love to play it with friends. Adam, I know you can obviously, you can affirm We've that. We've all played it We've many times. I've played yeah. it probably more than any other board game I've ever played at yeah. this point now, yeah. The idea of it's dinner time is you have different ingredients or different dishes and you have to put them together to make a healthy, nutritious, but lovely meal. Mm. And then when you've done that, you yell, it's dinner time. <laughs> Only inevitably, because this game was made in the 90s and they didn't know what was healthy, inevitably they say that all the vegetables are like really bad for you <laughs> and that like ice cream is like, oh, it's really, really healthy Or actually. frozen oh. chips are considered yeah. a vegetable, right? <laughs> yeah, which I love. Is that why mum's go to Iceland that's maybe that. why yeah that's why they okay. used to go to Iceland I can't speak for current times it's a, it's a different it's a different setup entirely so I've got my cards here yeah what I'm thinking I might do is I'm going to put them out here and I'm going to go with what I do here guys is I do like small plates so you kind of order three or whatever maybe per person that might work I'm going to go with the prawns and the garlic I'm nice. going to skewer them, light little drizzle of oil. I'm just going to do them on the grill nice and quick, serve them maybe with the shells on even like that. So you've yeah. got something to work on as a nice starter. Then I'm going to go with the egg and the goat's cheese. I think I'm actually going to make like with the egg and the goat's cheese and the spinach, maybe like a little mini kind of frittata. If, if we're going to allow like store-bought things, or maybe I have some quiche pastry, like I could do a shortcrust okay, pastry. Yeah. Mm. A small little one-person tart, I'm talking like a little mini guy, like nice. a little, little can canapé. Yeah. I'm just going to do the strawberries, a little bit of sugar on them and a squeeze of lemon juice and just have a little bit of strawberries Ooh, in a bowl. Look at that. Yeah. Strawberry goo. And yeah. I think Gordon would have said, yum, yeah. with that. Yeah. You know? Simple, delicious, excellent. And that's why mum's shop at Iceland right there. <laughs> Gordon prays before he gets the meal yeah. and it's not as bad as you might think it is. It's bad in new ways. The prawns are undercooked. Mm. You ever had an undercooked prawn? Like a fresh undercooked prawn? No. no. You know I'm very new to prawns. That's really. true. Yeah, you're, like, a, you're kind of, you're not a big fish fan. Prawns no. still kind of a bit. Maybe we'll see this develop over the episodes of my seafood odyssey. Like Subplot. I'm slowly, slowly getting into seafood and prawn is something that I've just recently started to come around to. Are you yeah. weird about eating prawns with the shells on or the yeah. heads and stuff? Yeah, yeah. definitely not that. But you yeah. like kind of like put prawns in like a stir fry or in yeah, or, or like a that. pasta dish or something like okay. that. Like if it's in with a load of other stuff, I'm currently enjoying that yeah. like. Have I managed to make you any fish dishes yet so far? Yeah, we had fish cakes. I've done you fish cakes. That was nice, yeah. That was good because you went and you made them afterwards then. That's yeah, a yeah, good sign. Really nice. Wow. Did we do putanesca like no. popped in some anchovies? No. You'd love putanesca though. You reckon? Yeah. Mm. It's not you, that fishy. When I made you roast lamb though, I put I covered it in anchovies. You did, yeah. And, and then, then afterwards he was like, ah! <laughs> 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 You dick! You've just eaten fish, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Oh, no. Get out! <laughs> Yeah, so um, if a prawn is undercooked, it's actually blue almost. Mm. So it is a very much like an alien looking thing. Like I remember the first time my mum bought me some prawns. She's like, you can cook those in the weekend. I'm like, yay, exciting. And I took them out and they were all like fucking grey and blue looking like aliens. And I was like, if they got, she got me these weird special prawns and I cooked them and they turned pink. And it's like, <laughs> in your mind, like something going from blue to light pink, mm. it's like, 
That doesn't gel at all. I'm <laughs> really bad for overcooking prawns. It, they're so easy to, uh, to overcook. Yeah. I've eaten so many overcooked prawns in my time. Next course is a Roquefort stuffed beef filet served pink. So Roquefort being kind of blue cheese, that I guess. That sounds nice. I wouldn't mind a bit of beef and blue. Yeah, that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. It is served with an alarming garnish, though, guys. What is the garnish? <sighs> It's, I think it's onions. That was onions. I thought it was chips. No, it is onions. Because there's actually a longer version of this episode I've seen before where he does this with a lot of his dishes. He puts fried onions on top of everything. Right. right. Oh, that sounds nice. Gordon, <laughs> I mean, I like crispy onions. Gordon yeah. is not impressed though. And he says it's like a bowl of overgrown pubic hair. Mm. That's been deep fried. Fucking hell. I think deep fried pubic hair could be Stop. delicious. Stop, Stop oh, it now. come on. Crispy. We weren't going to shame you about the onions, but we will shame you about the pubes. There's right? only so much we'll tolerate on this show. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, it was served on a chipped, greasy plate. And mm. the biggest fucking boo-boo for me here on this, this is what really fucking upset me. Mm -hmm. Like, my stomach wasn't turned, I just felt sad, was when Gordon started cutting into his carrots. And the beef was a bit overcooked and a bit tough. But the carrots, which looked beautiful, were raw. Raw carrots mm. with your dinner. Did I tell the story about the potato salad I got in school once? No. I got potato salad once served in school and the chef was like, this is great, potato salad. It means I don't have to cook the potatoes. Oh no! For God's sake. So we all got like, and looked lovely. Oh, lovely no. creamy, For lovely onions God's in it. Sake. Nice garnishes, all that. You want some? Yes, please. Big scoop, whammer on the table. And that was the day I found out why in French it's called pomme de terre, which means apples of the earth. Because yep. a raw potato, friends, has got mm -hmm. the same consistency. Yeah. Yep. And the crisp bite of a lovely new fucking apple. <sighs> Sorry, I ruined potatoes for everyone there now. It's my, it's not my job as an Irishman to do that. <laughs> now, now that we've had a couple of these horrible dishes and he's actually had the, the time to eat them, we get some nice season one Gordon Ramsay here using his words. He mm. says, dirty, lazy. It's really bad. I mean, crap. Oh, <laughs> wow. he's harsh, isn't he? Descriptive. He says it's tough as old boots, which yes. I'm only bringing up because I think it's a really dumb expression that makes no sense because a new, boot new will boots be, are yeah. tougher. Yeah. I mean, mm. yeah, we've all owned Doc Martens at one point or another. Or maybe it's like, I don't know if you've ever had like a pair of old boots in the back of the wardrobe and loads of other shoes got on top of them so oh, they're all like folded condensed. and mangled and they go really yeah. hard. Kind of like a jerky armor. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Hey, look, all I'll say is no one say shit about eating boots until someone's tried to confit them, all right? Mm. I mean, confit new boots. Sounds like it might be something that could work. <laughs> he also refers to the experience as nightmare at grandma's house. Mm. Yeah, Gordon seems very much opposed to the idea of this being a restaurant where old people eat. He fucking hates them. Don't I, think he's, yeah. I think he's scared of them. The, the guy is like, oh yeah, the only custom we really get are elderly customers. And Gordon is not happy with that Disgusting. as a concept. I mean, I remember like the Priory in the UK one. It was a big bone of contention. And I like that he did it because it was something that happened a lot in the early 2000s where there'd be a lot of vouchers in local newspapers. Mm -hmm. And he was like, look, all these vouchers, you, you have all these old people who are only coming with the voucher. And after a while, you won't make any profit. But this just seems to be like, there's not enough youngsters. Is this yeah. Gordon realising that he's about to begin his midlife crisis, circuit season three? <laughs> Maybe. Old people have got to eat as well. Like Adam, if I simply become my son, I will not age. He's got a bit of a picture Dorian Gray thing going on with his boy, you see. Uh, uh, Gordon keeps getting longer and looking more like Earthworm Jim and his son <laughs> keeps getting like... It's true because his face becomes long and, and puce and he wears these big white suits just like Earthworm Jim. <laughs> he meets Michelle. It does not go well. Mm -mm. 
Michelle loves the food, so it's great. Yep. No problems there. Yep. Hey, okay. I think that every time this happens, every time a chef comes into their own restaurant, which they apparently need lots of help with, and they say, oh, my food is really good, mm. Gordon should be able to pick any dish off the menu and force them to eat all of it. Yeah. Right in front of him. <laughs> plates while and he plates watches. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Bob Trotter style, yeah. like you have to clean yeah. the plate. And then tell me what you like about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. What's so good? Yeah. I mean, we have seen on Kitchen Nightmares episodes where people have eaten food that was nice, like prepared for the new menu, and then yeah. like, oh, I don't know, that's like some... <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like there are cases where the chef like will make some crap food, and if you did do that challenge, they would happily eat it and be yeah. like, to me, that is banging, you know, <laughs> just because they've got the bad taste. I, I have a few strong memories of like really intense, very tall, very sweaty, very red chefs being like, fine, like literally get the fork, being like, it's fine, what's wrong with it? I eat it all just there. So... He has some arguments with Michelle at this point, but honestly, Michelle says it's it's uh, it's a matter of opinion, and mm. Gordon is more reserved than I thought he would be. Uh, His first. hands are very shouty. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's not like getting nasty. I mean, well, he I does that. in yeah. a second. <laughs> he, he, the thing he says here that I've got is, I'm trying to get inside your mind so that I can work out how stupid you are. <laughs> He's reserved in terms of tone. He's not going crazy and yelling, but he is being mean. Yeah, at one point, the owner, Michelle, says, thank you for the critique about the food. Mm -hmm. And Gordon replies by saying, what an arrogant twat. (laughs) And storms out. (laughs) So he's like both reserved, but also has like, his boiling point is like nothing. You can tell he's not actually angry yet. Because like later on, he fucking properly gets angry. This feels very much just like, go in there yeah. and give him some swear words for the mm. first thing. <laughs> like, it feels like the producers have said to him, like, I think if we push his buttons, he's going to become like a five-star Bobby Dazzler fucking feat of arrogance and anger. Yeah. Go in there and needle him a little bit. Yeah, sure you know? And it, it's not just Gordon, it's also the announcer. And we usually like to comment on the announcer bits, but when they say, Gordon can't believe the French arrogance of his new owner. And it shows him being like, eh. And then it cuts to a red one, a mm-hmm. white one, and a blue one. So it shows like three versions of Michelle being, with the French flag across. Amazing. What are they going to do next? I think they should do that with all the chefs no matter where they're from. (laughs) It'd be really good. Like 13 of them like coming together to make a union jack. (laughs) (laughs) Or like the the two twins from episode one become the like one of them becomes the stars. Yeah. One becomes the stripes. (laughs) (laughs) We cut back. Gordon has decided he's going to go and have a look at the old walk-in and this is, I think, the worst one we've seen by far. Yes, the, so far. The grease traps. I mean, Jesus Christ. You call it a grease trap. I call it the delicious forbidden black slime drink. Oh. Don't call it that, Joe. A special oil slushy. Joe, no. Joe, this is literally what you pour in Glastonbury Grove to go to the fucking Black Lodge. <laughs> yeah. This is evil fucking hate is what it is. <laughs> we got some amazing grunts here as well when Gordon is just literally looking at stuff and going, oh, <laughs> He's walking around the kitchen going, uh, 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 where is it? <laughs> Shake it, baby. <laughs> Damn. I really want this point and click game now where you just click on disgusting things in the kitchen and Gordon makes like a disgusted sound. I was gagging at this point. Yeah, I, me I too. was really grim. Shouldn't have had black pudding for my breakfast yeah. this morning. Gordon's scraping the mold off the fridge shelves 
with his nails. Oh, Gordon. Would you not at least A, wear gloves, or B, use some kind of tool? Yeah. It's going to get underneath your nails, and then later on he's going to be like just, you know, idly like just sucking his thumb or something, or like picking something out of his teeth, and he's going to taste the black mold. I'll wager you dollars to Demiglass that he was told to let his nails grow a little bit long for this season, because we'll need you to just scrape. There's something that Alex pointed out recently to me, that it's just like he has no regard for his hands. Like when it comes (laughs) to the food, if there is like a hair or something in it that's not right, he'll immediately go to the bin and be like, (laughs) when it comes to like stuff being out and about, he will get his fingers right into it. He'll scoop it up. He'll put it to his face. It's the same way like a lot of professional chefs have the asbestos hands. He could touch a hot pan and probably be fine as well. That's what it is. He can touch anything gross, but if it comes to the lips, then it's game over. He severed anything. Heat, oo, goo, grossness, any of those things. He just won't process it. It is very, very strange like that he will go and he'll give everything a bit of a poke Mm. because I know that like say Anthony on Queer Eye on Netflix he has a similar penchant for going for the ooh and the goo Mm. but he'll turn to the camera and be like oh like he's excited Gordon is like I'm going to war yeah this is it don't don't wait up Anthony gets a kick out of it whereas Mm. Gordon's just like I think he also gets a kick, but it's like the opposite kind of. It's a bad kick, not a good kick. He gets a charge. Yeah. It invigorates him, Mm. but with negative energy. (laughs) It is pretty amazing when the fridge metal itself, the grates, the actual wall, the floor, the ceiling, it is fuzzy with like mold that can't be removed. The fridge itself is moldy. Like That's the last warning before the easy singles go in moldy. Like Mm. Other than that, there's nothing else that can tell you it's the worst situation. He finds a tray of... Dark chocolate terrine. Is that what it was? It looked like dog food. It really did. And the worst thing about it was Gordon was looking at it and he was like, it looks like someone's grabbed handfuls of this and not used a spoon. And then the chef was like, yeah, we we sometimes do that. Like, Here we go, customers. Just like, I hear some ice cream. I'll just Jesus. scoop out with my hands. Pop it down here. I mean, on the rare occasion, if I'm kind of like a million things taken off the pan, I might grab something with my fingers. That's, yeah, That's I mean, different. But and even I, I, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm very conscious about that. You would do a fucking chocolate pudding, would you? <laughs> no, not unless it's had a few runs of fermentation on it like this. Got some gravy with your toad in the hole? Excuse <laughs> uh, yeah, like my hands. Hank Scorpio, you come with your hands in your pockets. You want gravy? <laughs> <laughs> the potatoes that look like they've been cooked a year ago and he's like, they're filled with maggots. <laughs> and he's kind of like, Breaks them open like they're dirt clods like in a big pile. Dusty. <laughs> Just kind of go. But it was a very kitchen nightmares thing where it's like, it's filled with maggots. You see it for half a second. See? Look. Oh, it's over here now. You can't, sorry, you can't inspect it too closely, but there are maggots, I promise. Trust me. Did he actually get sick? Because no, I think no. he did. He no. looked really like proper gagging. You no. think so? I think he went in to have a like a, but I don't think he went in and like, I, the, the splash was in edit, I think. Mm, I but, never believe it. Yeah, like. no, I think if they really had him be sick, they'd want to show us that. Yes, you would see it. Like, yeah. it'd be salacious. I mean, it's a miracle how, I didn't get sick. I how think. viral would that go if Gordon Ramsay was sick on an episode of Kitchen Nightmares? You got to see him be sick. Yeah, but you only ever hear it or see him from behind, like, yeah. retching. Like. Okay, we've asked all of you who are listening for any stories about meeting Gordon Ramsay but if you have any strong evidence for Gordon getting sick <laughs> I'm really interested to hear that as well absolutely I, and I want to see like his face go like bleh like it coming sick, out, yeah, coming like, out yeah. or he come in with kind of some burst blood vessels yeah. around his eyes and a, and a bit and a runny nose you know? <laughs> a bit of sick around his mouth Gordon's got a bit of mould on the end of his finger now and <laughs> he's, 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 he's pointing, he's just out. pointing at the chef's face which I like this should be again every episode he should pick up all the mould yeah. and gross maggoty food 
food and then just like point in the chef's face until they get all the mold in their mouth. Not since rewatching Captain Planet have uh, and and a great performance from Meg Ryan have I seen anyone so defensive of their toxic ooze. <laughs> My, Michelle is like, it's it's fine, it's great. Like, when do you clean it? Like, oh, I'll clean every week. Like, you know, he says, <laughs> Gon says, when did you last give it a proper clean? And he goes. Uh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday. I like that pause. Like, what can I get away with? Yeah. I can't say this morning. He won't yeah. buy that. Like, yesterday. <laughs> but yesterday, that seems yeah. Yeah. fast mold down here in this mm. part of the world. And something I'm very interested, Adam, because you've worked in like you know in kitchens and whatnot, mm. and you were telling me the other night that you often yourself, and not necessarily the owner or whoever was in charge, you took it upon yourself to make sure that it was cleaned and things like that. And I've often wondered here, watching these Kitchen Nightmares episodes with these very big staffs who are like seem to want the restaurant to do better. I'm not saying like how come they didn't clean it up, but I'm surprised that no one kind of makes that call and tries to take the power away from the kind of the, the decision maker, so to speak. I feel like that's where my mind went at first, and I sort of tried to put myself in the shoes of like, well, this guy's clearly an asshole. Yeah. They've probably been working for him for a long enough time that they are completely worn down and have mm. no passion left, and I imagine they get paid peanuts. So if I was in their situation, I probably would think like, I'm not cleaning your fucking kitchen. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you want to have a clean system in place, then it's up to you to do that. Yeah. I don't get paid enough to take that responsibility very very random question i'm sure it's different all over the world but what like in your instances what what was the the minimum clean for like a, a regular clean and like a, a deep gordon ramsay run the fingers around clean well again it was just like we're talking about a coffee shop here not like a full restaurant with a big kitchen it yeah. was like quite a small service area, Did you have a so. walk-in no we didn't have a walk-in okay. we just had regular fridges and we had like a few different grills and things like right. that so we would clean all of the food prep stuff all the surfaces in the food prep area basically the area where we worked all the food preparation stuff that would be cleaned every night like spotlessly right and then like the major like bulk of the coffee shop itself like we would hoover every night and sweep up every night but the actual going around getting your finger in all yeah. the, like, the grout and everything the grooves, that was once yeah. a week situation oh, okay yeah. alright yeah. That, I'd say that's, I would imagine that's standard. Yeah, but yeah. I do. Actually, here's a tip. Keep your coffee shops a lot cleaner, uh, like we did. We found it one way to keep it from getting dirty every week is to have very little business. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no we noticed the less people coming in the doors, the less dirty the coffee shop that's would get. That's amazing. So what a life consider hack. That. That's a really good idea. Yeah, man. there Take you go, listeners. Hospitality industry, you'll be back on your feet in no time. Uh, speaking of business as well, at this point where Gordon is accusing him to his face, like, this is filthy, it's disgusting, you have no shame shame this is where michelle now starts going like well business is actually great and <laughs> i make a good paycheck i don't need this i just invited all. you on gordon ramsay just so i could gloat about how like, well there, I there was it. literally a part earlier on in the montage where he turned and he was like two hundred dollars that's not gonna pay your bills that's how much they took in a whole night like i wish yeah. gordon called him out on that because according to this guy the food is great we keep it clean and we're actually making a lot of money so what does Goes he want bit. right I'm, I'm off then okay, <laughs> he, he does say like i make decent money and gordon's like how much he's like that's too big a question man. And gordon's <laughs> like, how much profit did you turn last year and he went um, i want your help gordon <laughs> last week and he literally can't even answer the question he name dropped Thomas Keller who's a pretty big name and like yeah. you know kind of celebrity chef restauranter in a he used to work for him apparently yeah said. yeah and um, I think anytime anyone's had that it's 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 usually you see in UK kitchen nightmares a lot where someone's like trained high up or something like that or there was a few times where someone had a Michelin star so yeah. they were taking any shit like but he shot himself in the foot because immediately Gordon goes oh yeah do you think Keller would run a kitchen like this and Michelle goes no like he, he just immediately realises that he's trapped himself by bringing wow. him Why don't we ring him and find out? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a deep clean, which uh, was nice. Made me feel happy that it was actually getting cleaned up a little mm -hmm. bit. And it's time for a bit of dinner service. 
Now, I do like very much with the, I don't sure if it's this episode or just the season. We spent a lot more time in the kitchen with the food, with the restaurant, Definitely. as opposed to like Gordon was making the dishes, mm -hmm. as opposed to coming in and there was a table mysteriously full of dinner. Or yeah. making like the owners box each other. Yeah, there was none of that <laughs> bullshit this time. So customers were a bit on the stale side, according to Gordon. That's so rude. Like for fuck's sake. <gasps> There was a few more shots of some of Michelle's like really, really bad kind of dishes that he had done. Mm. Gordon says, Michelle, you're fascinated by crusted items. And stuffed items as well. Mm. I think he's referring to the customers when he says crusted items. For God's he sake, loves, don't you join in now. <laughs> it's great though, he's heard the menu and he's like, crust, 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 crust. <laughs> if you like that word, it's a good time. The single strawberry canapé is mm. absolutely hilarious to me. And strawberries ripe it's like green Aww. have you ever had like a ridiculously like tiny like a, a tiny portion in a restaurant where you're like Ex excuse me oh like, yeah well what's what what are any standout ones for uh, you me my mom and dad went to a nearby town to go to i think it was a greek restaurant that had just opened up we heard good things so we went there and literally every course i think we had three courses and every time it would be like me and my mom would feel like oh i really shouldn't have ordered this i really regret it and my dad was sat there with like an amazing dish <laughs> now that's an dad's <laughs> intuition that it is it happened with the starter and it happened with the mains where both me and mom were like that was kind of crap and my dad was chuffed to bits with his and then we were like okay let's order a dessert and we ordered like it was like a um a praline cheesecake with uh, ferrara rocher and we were like that's gonna make up for it yeah, there's yeah, yeah. no way and it was delicious but it was like the size of like a commemorative five pound coin or something. It was like, like a digestive biscuit size. It was so Jesus small. Christ. And I remember that was literally like the straw that broke the camel's back. I felt like I could have cried Aww. at that point because it was just so gutted. I remember going to a place when I lived in Glasgow where it was a lovely, lovely pub. We used to go in there and get a nice, nice drop of ale or whatever, but they had like kind of your know, pub grub and whatnot. And one time ordering a fish finger sandwich, like the idea of a homemade fish finger sandwich with a nice pint, like that's you know, something that any day of the week, I'd be happy mm. to have their lovely homemade chips and a nice tartar yeah. sauce. Yes, please. And there were two fish fingers. Uh, now, you wouldn't mind if it was like a small little roll. It was a proper, you know, big mm. ciabatta motherfucker. Yeah. Loads of salad. Loads, like, nice salad, all that. But there was one fucking fish finger on each side the and they weren't big. It's four. Yeah. Mm, yes, minimum definitely. four minimum, fish definitely. fingers for a fish finger sandwich that said did you ever have the fish finger sandwich at the shed in Lincoln no big fish finger oh, really <laughs> like, like a foot long fish what? legs what I'm telling <laughs> fish you. legs fish limbs like. <laughs> yeah our friend Lizzie tweeted in to let us know that one time I mean I don't know if it counts as a bad portion but one time she was eating in TGI Fridays got a nice big steak had three or four bites of it, just put her cutlery down for a second, they came and took it away. Oh. <laughs> just like, that's it, you're done. Jesus. That's, that's mean. They've obviously got a lot of confidence in their food then. That obviously, a lot of customers take a bite and they're like, you know, I'm done actually, thank you. That speaks to me of like staff with itchy fingers, like <laughs> yeah. we're closing in 15 minutes and we just, we want to get out now. Maybe like, like if I, because I'm obsessed with making mac and cheese and trying to find the perfect consistency where it won't turn like into a lump in your bowl after a while. So maybe if I serve you mac and cheese, I'm like, all right, 10 minutes, this has turned into a solid. So I'll just like take it away. Like, sorry, <laughs> you've, you've missed your moment. Now, what I will say is quite rare here is this dinner service here with the first night that Gordon's getting to see them do their stuff is dead. And normally with Kitchen Nightmares, you get like first night, Gordon's in town, they yeah. fill the restaurant and they get overwhelmed because they yeah. they're not used to this. Mm -hmm. But we get to see them doing what they usually do, which is serving a very empty restaurant. Like. And also as well, I think unlike any other Kitchen Nightmares episode that I've watched in recent memory... I can't recall a time where like the entire menu seems to actually be created from scratch with with regular ingredients. Yes. There's no like 
mass frozen meats or mm-hmm. uh, you know suppliers giving you like half of your starters. It's not as if he's got a crazy long menu. Like it seems to be like just a little bit old fashioned French stuff that he's yeah, got. Yeah, I like, mean that's I guess that's the benefit of it being like he's he is a French cook, so he's got yeah. like some basics right. Like in '97, this place would have been the fucking bomb.com. Yeah. Like, yeah. It would have been the best. The waitress, like when she comes in, she asks for like random dishes. Like there's like a potato bisque, and he's like. Oh, well, I gotta cook it now, and I'd say, "All right, well, like this is like the other side of the issue of like yeah. why making everything fresh is bad." They have more chefs than they have customers. There's a lot of people in that kitchen. Yeah, like a lot. And you clearly only need one chef, which is there's always one guy who's like ready to take the reins, and it's Devin who refers to him without blinking straight down the barrel of the camera as a machine. <laughs> I'm a machine. It cuts him. He clanks up that veg like a fucking traction engine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Refer to you, Michelle, as a hard-ass, stubborn bullshitter who has to go out and talk to all of the customers in the middle of oh, service. Oh, no, he's a customer socialiser. Did you catch why, though? He needs it for his ego. It's good for his ego. Yeah, this yeah. often seems to be like a theme in Kitchen Nightmares. But at least he was the one that said that. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. remarkably self-aware for he's a Kitchen front. Nightmares yeah. chef, yeah. Ever had that, the uh, you know the, the, the restaurateur coming around to how's oh, it yeah. going, how's the meal? I hate it, really hate Always it. Always the parents, right? Has it happened always. to you as, a, as an adult? It's happened on a date before now. Like oh. it wasn't the, the head chef because it was a Toby Carvery we're talking uh. about here. We had this one. Wait, guy. Toby himself came round. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, with, with his big carving. <laughs> it's because it was a quiet night and there wasn't many people in there. The guy that was serving us just sat down next to us and was like, "So, you guys been up to much this evening?" And literally, I was just like staring at him in the face, like, "Are you gonna fuck off or not?" Like. <laughs> It was so intimidating. In a like, date. Just, just sat there oh. with me and Alice. Like, how's it going? Like, you're all right. I mean, I do remember there was a. You and I had I went for a special meal for your birthday, and like we 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 went to like a fanciest restaurant in Manchester, and like the owner guy came over, and I hadn't said like, look, I, everywhere I would go anytime it's Joe's birthday, I'll always be like, it's my partner's birthday. Wink down the phone and make sure that something happens, and mm. sometimes you might get a free little thing, and the owner came over like at the end of the meal, and it's like. Thank you so much for coming to celebrate Joanna's birthday. And here's a little something. He's passed a birthday card that was filled with all the signatures of the staff who'd all yeah, made our meal. That's really nice. Which was like lovely. Because yeah. I think I was stuffed at the end. I was like, I don't want like there was one place we went once and they're like, happy birthday. And like, here's another plate of sweets. And we're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> So that's nice. <laughs> that's a nice touch. That's yeah. like, you want like a nice little heartfelt thing mm-hmm. without overstaying your welcome. And like. it's a nice little memento now. I've I've kept it in a little box in the loft yeah. and one day I'll be able to look back at that card and go, no, oh, that was a nice touch. I yeah. saw him interviewed like the Manchester Evening News and I was like I was like Alright, we know him. Oh, got a birthday yeah. card from him. Sign my birthday nice, card. You know. So they come back the next day with a little bit of wake up call levels of shock treatment. What's going on with the Secret Garden gang? Gordon's done a prank. He's gonna do an epic prank on this guy <laughs> because he's boarded up the restaurant and the guy's gonna drive up and be like, Oh, well, this is obviously a stunt for the TV show I've agreed to be part of. Better pretend to be angry. <laughs> he comes, it's covered in signs saying, closed for business. Hate this shit. <laughs> and he comes up and he goes, I'm not closed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it, Gordon. He's seen through it. Like, God what do we do? Sake. Uh, there, yeah, I'll tell you where you're closed down, mate. Health code violations, excessive crusts. That's what's going on. <laughs> Gordon's in the restaurant now, in the. He's in the kitchen and he's cooking for all the chefs like this. Yeah, he's designing a new menu. He's come up with an asparagus tart, an onion gratin, mm. 
mm. some other nice looking dishes. Some nice roast chicken. Yeah. Tuna niçoise. Yeah, and it's nice. just yeah. We never see this part anymore. Mm. I, I reckon maybe season two or three at the most. He stops doing this where he's yeah. like, I'm making this food and showing you that I am the one cooking it. Like you never see that. Would love to literally like graph. Kitchen Nightmares when it came out and Hell's Kitchen US when it came out. Uh, and yeah. if the ratings for one were better than the other, basically saying that like, Gordon, the kids want to see you pissed off. Like, so yep. stop helping so much. Gordon's excited. It seems to be going well. They're getting customers under the age of 50. Yeah. <gasps> Yay. That's what we wanted. And like, it seems to be smooth sailing. There's at one point you see like tables brushing into rounds of applause. Yeah, people are loving the food and it seems to be going out all right. You usually only get that when small flights traveling to Ireland land on without any interruptions, you know? <laughs> and then like the classic kitchen nightmare snowball. It always happens at the pass. There's someone holding a ticket going like, did table four get their food? And then yeah. from that one moment onwards, it is catastrophe. And it's obvious because they don't have a restaurant manager. Yeah. Yes. Like, this is just like an easy problem. Every mm -hmm. episode of Kitchen Nightmares, if you don't have a restaurant manager, this will happen. Someone needs to coordinate this yeah. whole affair. And the main cause of the issue seems to be that the servers and the wait staff don't know what's sold out. Yes, they start, they're selling specials and the specials sell so well that they run out of stuff in the kitchen, but the kitchen don't tell the servers that they're out of stuff. So the servers are still going, oh, yeah, would you like to try our new special? It's delicious. Yeah. Now, there is nothing that happens in a restaurant that simultaneously fills me with excitement, but also a little bit of disappointment, like them saying, this special is sold out, this special is sold out, this one, because I'm like, oh, man, the special. But I'm like, although they're doing a good trade and they're selling out of the fresh stuff, which means that this place is obviously a proper restaurant. Mm. So I always get confused, but you'll never know. I'll keep a, keep a lid on it. Some customers have been waiting over an hour and a half for their food at this point. Yeah, I'm long past hangry into furious at that point. <laughs> and a big rarity for Kitchen Nightmares as well is that the servers and the waiters are always like the ones that you feel like, oh, yeah. you poor people having to work in this shit. Not as much this time. Jane, the English server, like there is a bit where we see her talking to a customer being like, what do you want me to do? I can bring it back out if you like. Like she is just arguing with them. <laughs> like, She's so rude. <laughs> I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. I've been pushed to that point yeah. before. Like you, you do have a breaking point But as the a customers server. don't seem to be rude at all. No. I don't know. I mean, they were angry. I mean, I'd be angry. And that's the trouble. That like point, yeah. when people are being angry at you, it feels like they are being rude at you. Yeah. yeah. And they're especially empowered by being on kitchen nightmares. Like you know, I'm not <laughs> confrontational, but if I was in the audience for a kitchen nightmares, if I was in that restaurant, I'm dial up. I, I even I would feel like I can say something about this. Go back to the kitchen where Michelle is literally smashing his fists on the steel counter over and over and bellowing at no member of staff in particular. Jesus. And then we go to commercial with a four-way cut of him smashing things, people going, ah, yeah, it's, 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 hell. Sammy is crying. Yeah. Jane has oh, run away. Jane storms off in tears, like. Right. So we have to have a bit of a debrief with the staff. And Michelle is pretty much sure there's one big problem that he's identified. Mm. It's Chef Gordon Ramsay. Because you see, my restaurant's better than this asshole over here. <laughs> Not my restaurant's better than his. My restaurant is better than him as a person. <laughs> exactly. Fucking hell. Going for the decor next after the service where obviously it all fell apart because of the decor. <laughs> and again, something we never see now, we see Gordon picking things up and saying, this is too cluttered. Let's take this outside. Mm. Whereas like, obviously later on it just becomes wave a magic wand. Yeah. 20 interns have come and done this overnight. Yeah, he says it looks like a funeral parlor so he just kind of gets rid of a lot of stuff. The you old know. people. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Chef John's out in the scrap heap as well. No! Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> I've written down here, I'm not entirely sure if this is a Glasgow thing, but I wrote down Gordon goes pish. 
But is that? Did he make a noise? Oh, you mean like the? Psh, oh, that uh, was it. I think it's just literally him just looking back on it, like, psh, what are we gonna do with you? <laughs> I thought it was a genuine improvement. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it's not like night and day. Oh my god, it's crazy overhaul, but it's brighter, it's better in there. It's and more it's standard Gordon Ramsay like redesign. Everything's yeah. white, white, white tablecloth. Table That's yeah. it. It was small incremental improvements within a budget, and it was all aided and that fact by the Sims music that they were playing <laughs> over it. I'm gonna put it to the listeners. I want to hear about what you think is like if there was an episode you saw like an amazing transformation because yeah. I do feel like they're normally like yeah, that's better. There's got to be one where it is like, holy shit, look what they did. On the UK ones, there's a few times that happens. Right. But I know the US is the only time where we've watched it and been like, you've ruined that restaurant. And like for all the improvements he's made, I actually, personally, I don't like how this restaurant looks now. It's still old fashioned. It's very empty. I I like some decoration. I I honestly would, if I go into a restaurant and I see a little figurine of a silly fat chef, I'm going to be so happy. Mm -hmm. And instead there's just white walls. it depends what you're going for. That's the problem. They never sit down with the, with the owner and say, like, what What do you want this to be? Do you want it to be, like, a hip yeah. and happening spot where it's all yep. the youngsters? Do you want it to be somewhere really classy where, like, you know, business people go for yeah. lunch and stuff? Mm-hmm. Or do you want it to be this homely little place for, for old folks? One of my favourite restaurant experiences ever was I was in Krakow in Poland and I was in the Jewish quarter and I really wanted to try some, like, traditional Jewish food and there's a sign where it said, you know, in Hebrew, this is a restaurant. I walked in, it was literally some old couple's front room that they put in a few tables and everything was covered in all the little knick-knock, little, little knick-knacks, little mm-hmm. porcelain guys. The doilies everywhere. Yeah, it looked like that scene from Fallen Down, basically. <laughs> and, you know, it was not, f- it was a little dusty and a little bit old, but they came, like, they literally came out, turn by turn out of the, the kitchen, you know, mm-hmm. they made you something, they put it down. And, like, my heart, every time I felt like it was going to cry when they Aww. came out so these sweet old people like, invited me into their home it felt like and it was only like it cost me a tenner for three courses or something stupid like that that can be the atmosphere then there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. no instead Gordon Ramsay I think goes for the kind of if you're trying to sell your house you know who's paint everything white <laughs> yes. it's like you don't want it to have any personality the smell of cookies in the air <laughs> yeah you just want it to be generic likeable to everyone but not too to nice as many people yeah because I think Gordon realises is that look worst case scenario the liquidators will have a feel exactly yeah yeah. So you get a little bit of a sting from that at yeah. least. There's an all new menu as well where uh, I must say it's much like my cousin's sandwiches growing up, crustless. There is none of the... Uh, thank you very much for that one. That was workshopped. Got a re-re-relaunch going on now. Big night. We got a food critic coming. And not only is there a food critic coming, none other. Miss California herself is in the house. Oh, wow. And everyone pays attention when a miss walks in the room, be she Miss Universe, Miss World. Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> miss, miss, miss Critic. Miss Critic. <laughs> I was visited by Miss World once what? in our school. Was yes. she hot? She was very hot, yes. Wow. She was beautiful. Very, and not just, and I will say as well, not just beautiful in the traditional sense that like you're born beautiful congratulations mm. I, always, I always feel like I want to point out when someone is like look a team is stylist oh yeah, yeah. Is- miss anything yeah, yeah. work has Lot gone into of work. it she, yeah. like, just get out of bed and get given oh, an award no, no there was there was a collaborative maintenance there for this yeah. world however she was the daughter of Krista Berg oh. of, of Lady in Red no 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 well it's a fix then isn't it like. and that was the thing she when she won she was Miss Ireland and it was convinced that she it was a fix that it only won because she was Miss World and she like she spent her whole life being groomed for this pretty much and she came via helicopter <laughs> why because yeah. she was meant to visit 
I think she's meant to visit the American ambassador or the president. Our school was near Phoenix Park, which is kind of a big green space in Ireland where like we've a lot of deer and like our president's offices there and stuff. It's just right. a big green space that separates the hinterland from the city centre. And she was going there and she wanted to land a helicopter. And the only place they could do that was like on our football pitch, apparently. <laughs> and like literally like our math teacher was like, Miss World's here! Oh and we all like, ah! And me and my cousin were very excited because we were big space fan, came traveling fans. <laughs> and Miss World stepped out of the helicopter with Krista Berg, looked around and... Krista he was there. there. He was there. She looked around and said very loudly, you didn't say there'd be so many people here. Oh. And then was put into a car and drove off, didn't look at anyone. And the entire time me and my cousin were going, Him is when... La 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 Cosmic woman I think it's very unfair Sorry slightly off topic But I think it's very unfair That there's not like a Mr. World type thing Or is there And I just don't know about it I think there's a Mr. Universe Yeah but that's like different It's not bodybuilding I mean like you know Charming man Charming handsome man Who's got lots of skills You know who can talk a few languages What's Joey Essex up to? He's a handsome young man yeah. he'll do what he's told let's make it happen <laughs> let's make it happen it's busy folks Gordon's really nervous about the critic I've actually never seen him this nervous before yeah there seems to be a lot at stake for Gordon here yeah. personally I like... think, yeah I, I know that this is something that becomes more of the standard fare where it's like big person comes but I think the fact there's a food critic there is a I mean this is a early season Bit of Gordon's reputation is actually on the line. Yeah, yeah. That's true. season one, yeah. Because it's not as if he's turning a shit house into you know something completely different. This is an actual chef who's there, who's got a lot of autonomy in some respects mm-hmm. still, so it reflects on him. Michelle threatens Gordon to the camera. I, I didn't catch this. He says, like, if Gordon Ramsay gets in oh, my yeah. way, what, what's he actually say? He says, if Gordon gets in my way, I promise I will make him suffer. <laughs> Right. you got to follow through on that, mate. That's a stone-cold promise. So, I mean, there is issues, though, straight away, though. The critic's table... We couldn't tell if the critic was also Miss California. She's, like, the most important woman in California. But yeah. the, the, the critic, she gets the tuna, and it doesn't go down so good. There's a silence where it's like, oh, she's going to eat it. She puts it in her mouth, and the first thing that comes out is... <laughs> <laughs> wheezing and shit that's not that's not the good cough as well like when Joe tastes the brine for our hot sauce like, <laughs> big yeah. thumbs up like ice cream <laughs> was, Geralt of Rivia's just walked into a cave full of like fog he's like <coughs> <coughs> little baby cough yeah, die very quickly as well so Michelle is like look I hate that this has happened to you but Gordon Ramsay's not very good and this is his and what I'm gonna do is I will make you my signature dish Mm. yeah so back comes the old menu and uh, that means that he's putting slices of meat on bad plates it is literally the stuffed roquefort beef filler again he puts he puts the steak on a doily Like if you got like yeah. if you got raw mince or chuck beef or whatever, and it has a little kind of tissue at the bottom of it. I expect tissue. if there's going to be a doily under my food on my plate, I want that doily to be edible. Yes, it should be like funny money paper. Yeah. Oh, guys, you've given me an idea there now. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine if you had like a chili, but you had like a tortilla doily underneath oh, it. Jesus, that's like a great idea. Cheese. Fuck off this podcast, let's go. <laughs> The cheese, so it gets all really dry and kind of like a bit chewy. Okay, like shit. That. And then, this oh. sounds awesome. No, this actually because I technically when I would make like melanzana or something yeah. like that, or when I make uh, where I make nachos, I will do a doily of cheese on the bottom, like so there's a mm, layer. Yeah, you do. But but some with an actual body to it, like you know, 
potato cakes or something mm. like uh, maybe I should serve a cooked breakfast on top of a potato oh, Kevin, stop it it's too late in the day for <laughs> yeah, this now let's on. get going here so yes he starts cooking both the figurative and literal old beef we get a very quick blink and you'll miss this topless shot of Gordon Ramsay yeah he's getting out of his chef whites and into his ass kicking shirt or something <gasps> and like. he seems to just do it I don't know because he's not cooking he no. seems to nope. do it to yell at That's Michelle because I mean. <laughs> normally in the UK it's like whoa I've got my work cut out for top off those ladies don't know what they're doing in there and then he's buttoned up yep. you get to see a little bit yeah. of how's your father we're off mm-hmm. to do some business we're in the middle of the most tense moment Gordon has ever experienced on Kitchen Nightmares yeah the critic is literally waiting for because yep. like the, the wait staff are all like would you like something else we've got lots of other meals and she's mm-hmm. like no 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 thank you I've been put off and so I kind of assumed Gordon was going to be like right I will cook this myself I'll show you how it's done but instead he just goes to Michelle fuck yourself you fat French pig go clean your kitchen you lazy cunt that is and then he just leaves that is like he has definitely been got to oh definitely he he gave gave exactly what he wanted there I I wrote down like the collection of things was like, like you said Joe fuck yourself fuck you who the fuck are you? You lazy cunt. You pig. You fat French pig. Like he Fat is, French pig. He's so angry. And this isn't show angry. This is like he is genuinely upset. <laughs> I mean, for Kitchen Nightmares US to be the first time Gordon drops the word cunt, seeing as in the US yes. is a much bigger deal. Yeah. Glaswegian Gordon, who wouldn't be saying the word cunt, even though I'd use that to describe a newborn baby if I was in Glasgow <laughs> half time. You know, seriously, like I just it's an odd time for it to come out. I, yeah. I, this is that's why I was saying earlier. I think he was putting it on because this is anger. Yeah, proper anger. Extra strong. And then I feel like he's trying to end the episode now. Like. Yeah, he tries to walk off. He just just leaves. And he's like, I'm going to catch a train. Damn, one selfish <laughs> French fucker. But like. more than just leaving, he leaves the restaurant door and then talks to the camera for a bit. Like, wow, can't believe it. <laughs> Michelle just is not willing to change. Fuck me. And then he walks off, literally like the sign off. Yeah, I was, I was like getting out of my seat. <laughs> I was, and, and it was very interesting because. Very big part of me thought that he was making the argument there will there will be instances where I can't help them and this needs to be part of the show yeah. and then someone says in NBC no that can't happen mm. it has to be something of a happy ending even the happy ending is we got rid of him or something yeah. like that you know? <laughs> well we get a nice moment here because Devon obviously loved watching Gordon scream in Michelle's <laughs> face he is over the moon he's been inspired he's got a yeah. buff yeah you can see a twinkle in his eye the food critic gets sorted I think. Devin makes her something from Gordon's menu, but yes. he makes it properly. Some lovely chops looks really, really good. But when they serve it to her, obviously everyone else at her table has already eaten. So they're yep. all watching her uh, eat the food. Yeah. And the wait staff is standing there around like watching yep. her as well just to make sure it's okay. There's a big camera pointed at her as yeah, well. I'd be like, mm, delicious. Yep, great. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? I'm actually full now. Oh, <laughs> funny thing. Food critic is sorted. Michelle is still like, ah, no, this was this was wrong. There was, you know, the, the people didn't like the food. They go around to everyone. They're like, did, why do you think the food was excellent? I liked it a lot. It's and the by best. excellent, you mean it was bad, right? <laughs> I, I was saying to you, I didn't get it. Like, mate, you cooked it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, whatever if it's Gordon's menu, ever, but you literally cooked it. It's not about that. It's literally the pride is I created the, I invented mm. this dish. I don't want to cook someone else's inventions. Like that's what it is for men like him. I think you got two minutes left in the episode and it's like how are we going to finish this up and funnily there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that makes everything better in in such a quick manner everything gets resolved we took three thousand dollars tonight michelle oh wow suddenly cut to him sitting with gordon i was wrong (laughs) 
fucking stubborn. It's time I learned that I need to change. Like fucking beautiful. He made two hundred dollars earlier. He made three grand tonight. That's going to pay a few bills, obviously, mm-hmm. then. It's you the know? first time we've seen Michelle smile all episode. Yeah, and literally. he looks like he's ready to retire happy now. <laughs> he's 1% on his way there to yeah. paying off all of his, uh, his death studios. <laughs> so they have a little brief moment where like the restaurant's cleaner now. Mm-hmm. They said that Jane was made into the manager. And even if like Jane, she never appeared after she disappeared, I wouldn't honestly say, like, yeah, make Jane the manager. But just the fact... That you Someone. guys mentioned someone's got the manager yeah. there. They now, acknowledge yeah. they need the role, like mm-hmm. yeah, and then they say at the end, if we can't be successful, well then quite frankly, we're all idiots. Okay, that's a that's a big thing to have to live up to. Gordon ends the episode by asking Michelle, Do you still hate me? And Michelle goes, Oh yes, I do. Fist with a bump. Big smile on his oh, face, man. yeah. And I think maybe it's because of the little fake out when Gordon left earlier, but we don't get any sort of little wrap yeah. up like, wow, what a story that's been. He just he just leaves the restaurant. Yeah, he he says, wasn't doing a second one. Fuck he that. says something like, not so secret anymore. And then leaves the secret garden. <laughs> yeah, it was an odd ending. And this yeah. is definitely, there was, this was a learning experience for, for a lot of the people involved. Let's go with uh, Dish of the Day and MVP, guys. Uh, let's start off. Adam, who did you think worked very well in the restaurant? What would you eat if uh, forced to from today's episode? Honestly, I think Devon, the guy in the kitchen, mm. is the only person in the staff. Like, there was staff that I was sympathetic with, but I didn't see many people sort of going above and beyond to be like, come on, we need to sort this out. <laughs> he's the only one who did anything. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one that actually put in any effort at all, I'd <laughs> yeah. say. How about you, Joe, in terms of who you enjoyed or it was your MVP? I've got to say Sammy. I yeah. can't, I, just, yeah. I really empathise. I've been in a situation where my boss has been shit to me and the customers have been shit to me because of what the owners have been mm. saying. Just being argued in two different yeah, ways. Yeah, it just yeah. makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's, like, so humiliating. <laughs> yeah, it's like the very definition of overwhelming. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because it's not as if one thing one person is saying, it's you're getting it from all sides. Yeah. And, yeah. No and it's not your it. fault. <laughs> yeah, I think I would with an little asterisk probably go with Devon as well. It's because he referred to himself as a machine. The way that man chopped up that onion, I was like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But I also kind of like, he did come across like a bit of a dick as well. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> For sure. But very often in these cases, like you, that's all you need to get rid of the dick is someone who's a little bit younger and a bit more of a dick. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Do you guys have any dishes that you would say that would be uh, going down your gullets anytime soon? Mine would be the asparagus tart mm. that Gordon oh, yeah. makes. He adds yeah. it to the redesigned menu and it looks bloody lovely and I love an asparagus tart. Well, it's, we often have asparagus tarts we do. here, yeah. <laughs> I like the look of those pork medallions that the food critic mm. ended up getting by the end. That was very tasty and succulent. I will say get rid of the, the onions on top because like I love onions and all that jazz but like that amount of onions was just fucking... Like, even if they were overcooked or undercooked or perfectly cooked that amount of onions is just too much give them to me (laughs) the idea of beef stuffed with blue cheese I actually really like that you know because I often see it's like burgers with blue cheese I'm like no I don't like stuffed burgers ground meat doesn't really lend itself to stuffing I don't think Mm. but a nice fillet that had like kind of a nice thin you know kind of a nice thin outer layer like Mm. a really punchy kind of not a big stuff just kind of a flavouring I think that'd be quite nice oh I wonder if you could like dehydrate like a Stilton or a blue cheese and then like coat the steak in like a dust of it I bet you could that'd be funky as fuck yeah <laughs> right, guys, do you want to know what happened with the secret garden after Gordon left? Go on. Are they all idiots like they said they would be if they couldn't make it work? Okay. Well, the secret garden was set up, obviously, felt like we had a bit of a winning chance here, I think, mostly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there was definitely opportunity there. Unfortunately, uh. the old menu, with all its bizarre taste combinations, expensive ingredients, and the long, long prep times, very quickly we had that afterwards. 
Popped on to Yelp there and basically there were a lot of complaints mainly about the cleanliness. Uh, Michelle was still going out to chat with customers no. but mainly the review seemed to be like that he's going out to argue with them about no. the food now. A uh, Kind of the general sense that his appearance on the show has like emboldened him almost. Mm. So yeah, I mean there were a couple of five star reviews I found there but I mean I think it's no, it's no surprise that these were very much strongly of the opinion that they were very much worded in a way that led you to believe that either Michelle or someone who was having a point, <laughs> gun pointed at him by Michelle had written. Yeah. Were there any reviews from people who had seen the episode and gone to check it out as a result? Yeah, I mean, there were people who were like, yeah, he was just like on the episode. He was right. really angry and stuff. And I mean, the few of the five-star reviews as well had broken English. And I mean, I'm just kind of saying that's a uh, little bit of a red flag when you've uh, when you've got someone... A suspicious French accent for this written <laughs> review. Yeah, he did keep it open uh, for a little bit until March 2010, where it was closed. They just announced unexpectedly that it was gone. And there was no real information about the finances or anything like that of course however oh. we do have a little bit of a happy ending in this respect oh. in 2012 after taking a bit of a break it seems michael started working he's not the owner he started working at the custom pie pizzeria in moore park as well where he seems to be an absolutely delighted different person really the gimmick of it is that he's got all these kind of crazy wild gourmet flavor combinations or you're encouraged to make your own the pizza's meant to be really really good oh. he is very personable i mean look all i can say is look at the picture of oh, this he looks happy so man happy. he doesn't even the look like the fuck? same guy he looks like he honestly he looks like fucking gennaro or something yeah. that is him it is, is definitely 100 him, him. Oh, i've so checked wow. it out yeah, it's really, really good. He's pretty much smiling in all the pictures I've seen them. And it actually, like, the, one of the reviews I read on the Yelp, the person was like, I, I actually took me a moment to recognize him because <laughs> he was so happy. So, wow. yeah, he seems to be doing well. The restaurant is by no means, like, the fanciest gourmet high dine society place. But, you but know, people like it. People like it. It's a sitting place. Mm -hmm. It does a good trade. It's nice. It's still open now during the pandemic that we've experienced. Whoa. So that tells you that, look, he's there and he seemed like the most important thing to me is like when you told me that the guys in the first episode went on to work for UPS or whatever it was mm. like they were happy and that's yeah. all I care yes, about honestly I, you know the, the nicest thing in the world is to see someone who was so fucking wound up just mm. chill the fuck out there are so many episodes where I'm like not begging for the restaurant to get better I'm begging for them to be like just sell it yeah. just accept that it's not happening and go and find something else to do with the rest of your life and it's so often I think in these episodes where the chef is also the owner and they obviously mm -hmm. are the owner because they want to design the menu and feel like a creative powerhouse yeah. mm -hmm. but it's genuinely too much work to run a business and be this creative artiste well it's good because he seems to have the creativity still yeah. yes. but it's in something where he's got a bit more control and... I don't want to say like it kind of this, the, the kind of the, the barriers are on whatever yeah. but like it's look they're pizzas yeah. you can obviously mm -hmm. make a kick ass pizza crust and a kick ass marinara sauce everything mm -hmm. from there is you know is gravy even if you want to put gravy on your pizza I don't know judge <laughs> or anything like that so folks that brings us to the end of another episode of It's Raw Adam that means that next time you are in the saddle you're going to be picking our next episode of It's Raw anything that is kind of inspiring you an avenue you wish to pursue yes actually because we were having a little chat about this recently and you like you said at the start of the episode you're looking at maybe focusing on some things that are quite food centric foods or, and chefs particularly yeah. yeah. what is it you're looking at specializing uh, in gross Joe? kitchens gross you're looking for the really disgusting episodes yeah. I think what I want to specialize in is the absurd 
absurd. That's why I picked mm. the, the episode two twins boxing each other. Like, yeah. I want to like not necessarily about the restaurant or about anything. I'm talking about the show itself. Right. <laughs> I want to see the episodes where the show has really shat his pants. It's like really that's what we're doing now. We're that desperate. And we will extend as always our invite to you to send an email to itsrawpod at gmail.com and as well you can always hit us up on the podcrab socials or any you know, message us or tweet us on any of our personal Twitters or Instagrams or whatever. We're after, as always, your experiences of bad food, your kitchen nightmares. Have you ever met Gordon Ramsay? Have you ever eaten in this restaurant? Have you ever seen Gordon Ramsay get sick? Have you got a recommendation for an episode? We have been discussing ourselves. We're not necessarily just going to look at Kitchen Nightmares US. It's part of the large family that includes lots of other parts of the Gordon Empire. All the fucking same. Yeah, pretty much like. So, yeah, anything that you'd like to see from us here on It's Raw. And of course, as well, I'll always say, if you've got a very inspiring, lovely, happy story that will fill us full of food joy here for our listeners or ourselves to help temper the nightmare that is kitchen nightmares, as always, it's rawpod at gmail.com. Well, folks, until next time, we'll be sharpening up the knives. It's a damn from me, Kevin. It's a fuck me from Adam. And a this is disgusting from me, Joe. And we'll see you next time on It's Raw. Wow, so far on its raw we have seen arrogant managers, clueless chefs, and shameless reality television. But today's was by far the dirtiest and most stinking episode to date. Let's just hope that our hosts can stomach what lies ahead. Wow, Secret Garden? I guess that makes me Secret Gordon.